Yo, yo, what's up, everyone? Welcome back for another episode. The episodes of Continuous Beach Pods, no more. I get it. All things Bengals podcast set uh. world records, most consecutive episodes recorded on the beach. Congratulations to the All Things Bengals podcast. That is no longer. I'm back at home. It's been a long ass day. I'm tired as fuck. Drake has been tired as fuck. We were so tired. We, you know what? I'll let Drake explain um, his inexplicable reality <laughs> of how the game transpired for him last night. Myself, uh, Drake, how you doing, dude? Hey, I'm doing good. I actually want to start off by saying, you know, according to my sources, you know, people that I talked to, uh, there was potential for that that third episode on the beach. There was there was rumors going around that you know that that third episode potentially was going to be on the beach. So, well, this episode, uh, I pre- cannot confirm nor deny. <laughs> <laughs> well. Hey, like I said, that's that's what I heard. That's from that's from trusted sources, people I trust. So that's that's all I gotta say. But yeah, man, yesterday, uh, it just it was tough. Um, you know, I wake up, I uh, so I get off work at eleven. I work second shift, and I get home. And you know, usually on second shift, I can't fall asleep until about. Anywhere from two to six a.m. Unfortunately, it's a wide range, and I have sleep insomnia, so I it's hard for me to sleep. And next thing you know, do my shift, get home, and I I, I find myself up at like three or four a.m. And I decided I was going to get some overtime, and I would go in at seven a.m. seven to eleven. So I was like, you know, it's only four hours. And I was like, if I go to sleep now, there's no way I'm waking up for the shift. Like, I'm going to oversleep. I'm not going to hear my alarm. So I just stayed up, you know, thinking yeah, everything's going to be cool. Then it's 11 o'clock. Uh, the guy that was supposed to come in and, you know, basically uh, replace me for the next part of the shift, he wasn't there. So um, my mm-hmm. boss asked me to stay till 3 o'clock, which, thankfully, did not happen. I got out at 1130 because the guy did show up. But still, I was like, wow, you know, that, that's going to be long. And then uh, get home and turn on the Madden 24. That's what I was really hyped about uh, getting off early because I was like, man, I'm as soon as I get home, playing Madden. About to cook. Yeah, about to cook. And I, I did. I, I was cooking. I was cooking. So uh, I actually uh, I think I started off franchise mode and nobody come for me. I was on all Madden. Bro, I beat the Browns forty nine to zero in Week One. I I, fucking, hey. I I destroyed the Browns, and I don't know how because the next week uh, I beat the Ravens too, but it was like thirty to twenty one. So I was like, well, Browns really got cooked in Week One. But anyways, um, I get home, you know, hang out with my friend. You know, it's probably probably three o'clock. Yeah, I'm I'm fine. I'm not I'm not tired. I'm like, all right, we're good. Game day is in four hours. We got half a shift left. <laughs> half a shift at home. Let's <laughs> get through this. So then, my friend, my other friend, and his girlfriend, um, he heard that I had Madden 24, so he was gonna come over. And then the game happened to be on too, so he, you know they were just gonna come over and watch the game as well. So me and my friend are. Sitting there on the couch, uh, watching Super Troopers. Uh, shout out to Super <laughs> Troopers. <laughs> We're watching that, man. And uh, I just get sleepy out of nowhere. I'm just wait, waiting for 
waiting for him to you know come on the way. He said he was on the way. Uh, two hours passed by. And if you're that type of person, because uh, I know there's a lot of people out there, you know, ah, I'm pulling up. And then it's like, Damn, bro, don't know what happened. I swear <laughs> I was there. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, man, it's like, yeah, I got so sleepy. Um, I wind up sleeping way too long. So I, I missed the entire game. But, you know, it's crazy. The first thing I you know how I usually wake up, got to go to the bathroom or something. The first thing I did when I woke up and found out that I missed the game, I went on Google, searched Bengals. You guys can invent us Drake waking up. Uh, I got on Google, typed in uh, Bengals, you know, see, to see, see the score. I'm like, oh, shit, that's a low-scoring game. And I'm like, all righty, uh, let, let's go to the highlights. I was like, fingers crossed the highlights are already up on YouTube. Because sometimes it takes them a little bit to get the highlights up on the NFL channel. So get on there. Highlights are up. I'm like, all right, bet. Missed the game, but at least I got you know, 11 minutes of highlights here. You know, it's preseason football. You know, maybe a little better recap anyways than uh, missing more sleep. Uh, so I watched the highlights. Well, the first thing, I actually cross-referenced. I went on Twitter, too, because I love to see everybody's Twitter reactions to the game. So went on there to see what everybody was talking about. I see I'm hearing about backup quarterback. I'm seeing Zim posting about Cam Newton. Uh, I'm seeing, <laughs> I'm seeing Mohamed Sanu on Twitter talking about I could be the backup quarterback for the Bengals probably. Um, so I, I'm seeing all this shit. I'm just like, oh God. I'm like, alrighty. So, but first, I checked the box score. I'm like, all right, let's see what my boy Ao got today. Um, left a lot of yards out there. We'll talk about it in this podcast. Another top receiving game uh, for for two straight weeks out of Andre Yossi Vash. But I watched highlights, man, and um, I yeah, backup quarterback uh, was probably the biggest thing that stood out in yesterday's game and last two games, honestly. I mean, the offense, backup offensive line, yes, but, yeah, bro, watching that first waking up was definitely put me back in a nightmare. <laughs> what a good ending to that right there. <laughs> I mean, uh, for a second, I thought you were going to walk ourselves into some highlights, and, and I was about to pull that shit back. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> we have to – how funny is this, guys? We talked about it all along, right? Like, me and Drake. A lot of people uh, super excited for preseason football. I fell asleep during the game, too. <laughs> it was that bad. I, I wonder. Drake, I wonder. that You know how they do the viewership uh, quarter by quarter? Oh, my or, bro. Over the span of the game. I really wonder, like, if everybody just started snoozing. Facts, bro. Listen, <laughs> like, you know what? I, I, I get a bit belligerent, a bit belligerent. Um, quotes like for the average fan, they've they've got to think I'm 100% certified psycho while watching the games. Uh, so I get it, you know, I'm being one sided listening. Um, if I would choose to listen to a local broadcast from Cincinnati, you're gonna hear the side of you know, Cincinnati side. Well, with being in Atlanta, you heard the Atlanta broadcast, these fucking guzzlers were chugging so much <laughs> on the fucking falcons bro 
I could not stand it. Like the announcers. Yes, bro. Oh my gosh. I heard that too. I heard that too. I was like, bro, the degree of (laughs) glazing, bro, pissed me off so bad. Like, oh yes, yes. Wait, wait. I'm interrupting you because yes, bro. When I saw the fucking Andre Yosivash, uh, go ball 50 50 and the ball was heavily and i mean heavily underthrown andre was going to abuse that man if joey b threw that ball and they're talking about the undrafted rookie with the nice pass breakup exactly it's like what the fuck bro and you gotta think i'm watching this i'm not even watching this in the game i'm just watching this on highlights that i'm like glaze much like exact oh my gosh bro yeah it was so funny because like it was just really funny to see Bengals twitter do the same thing like these announcers oh my dude Zim, oh but he's so fucking funny with how he talks about his terms dude he's like these fucking guzzlers he's like these dudes are crazy bro like yeah it was nasty work so i mean look you got drake fall to sleep throughout the whole game i fall asleep cramp up my fucking arm trying to travel across the country in three hours to watch this dipshit of a football game to watch these fuckers score like eight points. And, <laughs> I mean, dude, like it was just preseason much. Like look, to be fair, to be fair, if you love Evan McPherson, these are your type of games. God, he's God. Like to preseason football right now, bro, we have scored one offensive touchdown. And look, guys, like you get it. You know, we're, we're, it's really shits and giggles right now. We're truly not digesting this entire game, like, into this negative format. But, I mean, the it's epitomizing. Like, this is what preseason football is. It is a conglomerate of figuring shit out. And as you figure shit out, you test shit. And even for the good teams, as a team like the Bengals, we've talked about so many times, truly have one of the top rosters of football. You still get ugly sides. You still trial and error and realize, oh, that was surely a fucking error. Like, literally almost all of our backup offensive linemen, eh, that's a big error. Like, okay, shit, that's a problem. Bro, and backup offensive line, I, I, don't, I don't ever like to, you know, talk bad on players or, or anything, especially. Oh, no, we can cook them on here. Okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> No, but uh, I saw a lot of uh, smaller pages on Instagram, a lot, you know, the Bengals pages and stuff. Maybe it was because they, they've talked to this guy or maybe they just, you know, have had an interaction with this guy that's trying to hype him up a little bit. I saw a few a few pages talking about uh, Jackson Kirkland, and then I got in the space last night, and I heard them and everybody, and they're like, Jackson Kirkland is just fucking ass. I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, bro, straight, like <laughs> – yeah man it, it was bad like it um it's unfortunate you you know with Kirkland and 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 I will refrain from going into any deep detail on his game because to be straight up I haven't watched much I've seen some highlights I've seen some low yeah I've not seen any I've not seen it. yeah yeah but the overarching theme is that this kid he's just simply not ready you know he's a UDFA for a reason came out a bit older um but yeah dude I mean that is the unfortunate sequence with 75, 66% of these backup bow linemen. It is a, whoa, yikes. Like, not what we were hoping for. You know, um, look, man. So, so also, like, while we're talking on offensive line, I, you know, 
I didn't get a chance to look at Jackson Carmen yesterday. I saw you and Game On kind of talking on Twitter. What was it looking like for Jackson yesterday? Look, dude, this is I'm actually glad you bring this up. And I think this is something I've been wanting to hit on for some reason. I don't know if I've uh, really brought it up a ton uh, the past week on the podcast, but you saw the epitome of Carmen's career in this game again. And it is the inconsistencies and specifically with the inconsistencies. I think that um, the term inconsistencies is just, it's not viable enough to understand what is actually happening with anything really like in specifically for a player where at in what department in Carmen's problems has been his fucking mental over everything. Does he completely lack any physical traits to be a quality tackle? No, not at all. He's got a lot of them. That's why we fucking picked him at 48 overall, 45, wherever the fuck we took him. We chose to take him that high because he, he has almost all the physical tools. Athleticism, good. Not the greatest, but good. Probably our most athletic tackle on the fucking team. You know what? He is the most athletic tackle. Maybe Deontay Smith, but he hasn't been able to put it together. Put it together. So athletic, yeah. The makeup, though, the mental makeup, it has never been able to be strong enough, bro. And you saw it again last night. Like I saw multiple reps to where he had great burst off the line, bro. Super quick feet. It was like boom, boom, boom. Three step, three step drop for him. You know he got lateral. It looked great. And then the next play just looks like he's fucking walking through. It's like a walkthrough. And then another drive, dude, it just collapsed. Like, there was a play, bro. It's even hard to explain. I think he moved to right tackle. But he literally, like, this doesn't even make sense, okay? So, he's lined up at right tackle. If y'all saw this highlight, it would just blow your mind. Like, what the fuck is possibly happening? He's lined up at right tackle. And he turns his left shoulder. So his inline shoulder towards the quarterback. He literally really? opened up a lane for a pass rusher to get to the quarterback. And he almost, just almost like he thought he was at left tackle. Yes, bro. And yes, like literally, you see the rep and the edge rusher was just confused for a moment. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Like a mental lapse like that, bro. He did not hit a guy. He did not do anything. It is just a the the wherewithal. That's that was my term that I've used. He does not have the wherewithal for this. And for me, it you guys have heard it. And you obviously know as well as anyone, bro, with how uh bullish I was on Carmen because I saw the optimism we all did of what last year, the end of last season transpired for him. He saw the positive progressions. He looked uh what was the term? Like felt whatever like he looked good slim strong coming into camp whatever it has not turned out like we seem and um i'm sorry i'm going on a tangent here but this is the important thing i wanted to add from last week what i don't think enough people put attention to but now it's pretty apparent that the patience is really dwindling with them the reason why last week how his play was so high magnitude-wise to me was, as I already mentioned, the mental thing just now, 
last week, he played well in the first half, right? He played good. Not great, but he played fine. You know, not a liability. Could have had some, some things to improve, but you liked what you saw. They took him out. They said, you know what? Halfway through the third, after there was a drive, maybe two, to where he was not playing. Jackson, you're going back in. He went back in. I mean, he was fucking terrible. He let up four pressures on like 11 snaps. It was bad. What does that tell you? Oh, he just forgot to how he forgot how to play tackle. He got tested mentally again and he fucking failed. So, in my opinion, my uh, speculation, seeing how it transpired, they knew what they all know just as much as we do what Jackson's weaknesses are. It is between the ears. So they chose to put him in that binding situation. Like I said, this is speculation. I don't have this confirmed or anything. It would be great if it was confirmed because at least they fucking know what to do with them. They test them. In that mental uh, situation, and he fucking crumbled. Like, dude, it's not about the play anymore, bro. Like, that, that's my opinion. It's not the fucking play. This dude does not have the mindset. I'm just convinced he doesn't anymore, man. Yeah, I, I don't have much to say, if I'm being honest. It's just one of those things where it's just unfortunate, you know. You have two second-round picks that could have been, you know, we, we've had so much success on second-round picks, so it's like we missed something. What a clunker, bro. Yeah, man. Just like, miss- the degree of clunk. Like, that one's crazy, bro. You know what I mean? I feel, like, like, I feel like at one point they were kind of talking about Jackson Carmen in round one, and I was just like, oh. Oh, yeah, bro. Exactly. Like, yeah, so, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad that I was able to get that off my chest because, like I said, like. I, Way off the shoulders. Yeah, yeah, no shit. Like, and, and this is me certainly not saying, like, oh, I'm. And like championing myself for seeing a different angle, not at all, because people have different philosophies. But for me personally, I've recognized that not enough people pay enough attention to the mindset that players need. Yes. Now, what is that, right? Now, that's not for me to say what exactly it is because I'm not a pro. You know what I'm saying? So I respect it for other people, but they focus too much just on the field. Like the mental is what transpires on the field ultimately. That's you know what why, I'm saying? Like, yeah, that's like, uh, that's literally mental is literally the like. I'm trying to think of how to word it. It's literally it's the driver of everything, bro. It, it's it's what your main press and Logan Wilson in the Super yeah. Bowl. Well, it's the difference of having a quarterback like Joe Burrow in the biggest moments versus a Josh Josh Allen, and that's not even to to hate on Josh Allen because he's a great quarterback, but it's like. They are different in those ways. Just the edge, the mental edge is what a lot of players have. And I think, yep. I think honestly, some players, that's why they have so much success because they might be limited in other ways and other facets of the game, whether you're Orlando Brown, you know, in some, you know, some phase of his game or Joe Burrow in some of his phase of his game. But you see these guys, they always talk about, the mental part of the game. And it surprises me that, that still there's guys coming out and I get it. Sometimes it's something, something that maybe it's just, I don't know the love of the game maybe, but at the same time, it's like, that should be number one. 
driven in players' minds is you have to have the mental strength to play this sport. Like you cannot, can't be soft, but you also like, you can't, like you have to literally digest this game and breathe this game in order to be successful because the mental side of the game, in my opinion, what is it? I think they say it's like, uh, like, 80 percent or 75% mental, 25% like physicality and, and play or so, something crazy like yeah. that. Because the mental side of the game is one of the most important things, bro. Oh, exactly, bro. I mean, and, and I'm sure that number is probably subjective, you know, and perspective. Oh, yeah, person sure. person. But yeah, the overarching theme is that's exactly right, bro. Like, <clears throat> I mean, not to get macro and philosophical and way off topic here, but like, Tim Grover, a legend uh, sports trainer. He trained some great NBA players like uh, Michael Michael Jordan, fucking Kobe Bryant, hella other dudes. And he made a comment before that he said off the top of his head, he didn't name the name specifically, but he had a number. He said there are at least 10 people he could think off the top of his head that were surpassingly more talented than Michael Jordan. And it blew people away. He's like, Absolutely. There were more people that were more gifted than Michael Jordan. Like Michael Jordan didn't he wasn't the most elite physical specimen that's ever walked the fucking planet. He didn't have the highest vertical that ever existed. Was it elite? Sure. But there were people better. It was the mental makeup. He was a fucking psycho. Bro, do they say Kobe Bryant as let's let's shoot a three like Kobe Bryant? Let's fucking throw up a three like Steph Curry. No, it's the Mamba mentality. Facts. I'm a demon. And unfortunately, and, and look, bro, it's cliche, right? Like to get kind of macro philosophically again, the cliche shit is called cliche for a reason. Yeah. People want to dismiss it. Like, oh, that's cliche. Yeah, exactly. but it's exact. it holds the exact fucking weight of the, the term that's thrown on it. So as it's a cliche, it's because it's fucking true. The yeah. mental fortitude for this game is like we say is we respect the boundary because we're not in the NFL. But from what we've observed, it is somewhere where Jackson is not. That's a, that's confirmed. Like, we are not rocket scientists <laughs> to recognize that this dude, it, that's just where it's at anymore, man. But, you know, we, we've been indulging on the negatives a lot, and I'm glad we were able to dissect that. Here's a really powerful positive, though. Dude, I mean, could it be much more good with Jonah right now? Like, Shit is yeah. going really well for him, dude. He played it, really good last night. He was the only offensive starter to play. It, that and and that's the thing, man. I I I've always been on the Jonah train. Like I said, year by year. Oh, he, here he is. Here no, he is. He's a Jonah stand now. Listen, listen, okay. listen. I was on T. I even said it last episode too, man. I. No, you I've were. Not, I'm not. I'm not gonna act like you know. I've been the best Jonah supporter. But at the same time, I've not, I've not hated on Jonah, and one hundred percent, I, I, I think that he, I did, so <laughs> he's got a, he's got a chance, man, to really, I mean, people don't realize, and I think, I think Jonah had to take some times this off season to really look at it, right, from a different angle, because it's like, look at what the fucking Chiefs did, man, they overpaid a right tackle more than a left tackle. So it's like guys at the right tackle position are getting paid just as much as a left tackle. And if Jonah can mm-hmm. if Jonah can prove his worth at that right tackle position, 
um, you know, a team a team is going to bite, and they might, you know, slide him back a lot of time. Or the Bengals, I mean, uh, people act like it's out of the question, right, because he's on a one-year deal. Mm-hmm. I get that. But, bro, if Jonah has a solid year this year and he proves that he can play right tackle, bro, they can get him on a pretty good deal just considering the pass play and, like, what what he can – you know, it's not going to – it could be a three-year deal. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to act like, oh, my God, Jonah's going to come out here and play amazing. But you've seen all the things that you want to see. And I think we knew from the start of this process, right, when we signed Orlando, I had no doubt in my mind that Jonah was automatically the right tackle as of that date because the Bengals' philosophy and mentality is we are going to put the best five guys out on the field. And – as of right then and there, it was Jonah Williams. And I think, man, yeah, I, I think he honestly, in my opinion, if you want me to be honest, I think it kind of looks better at the right tackle position. Man, he looked good yesterday. Of course. You know, I know. Um, I, not to mitigate yeah. anything from him, but some people got a bit too hyped. Like, they're like, oh, he went against starters. Like, I will say this. He went against Arnold Abikady. <laughs> Abikady's not been – he's not trash. Yeah. Like, look, bro. The Falcons have not had a fucking pass rush since like 2016. Okay. So is that the most uh, convincing evidence to say that Jonah's a good right tackle now? Absolutely not. But like, you know, we've been talking about there's been a lot of positive signs in training camp the past couple weeks. He's been completely embodying the role. Like you said, he took that time away and he has shown in every direction that he is truly bought in to yeah. the vision while this is here, whatever that vision looks like. And to kind of piggyback into that next um, point that, um, you know, I'm kind of surprised no one's mentioned yet because you know how people get. They always, they if they like something, then they run a thousand miles with it. If they hate it, then they go the other way a thousand miles. Oh, Jonah's playing good. We got to extend him. I would say this. In my opinion, there are two things that could be deciding factors on Jonah staying or Jonah leaving. The overarching theme, in my opinion, no way he stays. That's my opinion. Why? Because at the end of the day, he probably wants to be a left tackle. It, well, that's not my perspective, but that's absolutely a valid reason. I think overall, what do you get paid? But it's this, bro. Yeah. 307 pounds. Frank Pollock, you're too small. You're too small. But... But have the Bengals had success coming across O line, good O line play lately? Exactly. Fuck no. Exactly. So, yeah, they may have the angle of like, oh my gosh, we got to hang on to him, blah, 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 desperation move. Now, look, say if Jonah goes on and gets up four sacks this season, which from where the fuck he was is a great leap from, you know, before. Compare, compare that to Jawan Taylor. I mean, four sacks is not bad for a year. If I'm being yeah, honest. Exa- oh, not at all. Oh, yeah. I'd be, all of us would be ecstatic if Jonah yeah. only got four. Man. Which, to give him credit, beyond the beyond three games, not saying he gave up three and four in each like a bad clunker games, but fuck, bro, he gave up like fucking six sacks against the goddamn Steelers. He gave up three and a half, four to Alex Highsmith. 3.5 and some other dude, probably fucking Larry O. Nonetheless, he picked it up at the end of last season. Obviously, 
dislocated both kneecaps, fucked them up. Um, it's just the size, bro. Guys, we have the biggest left guard. We have the biggest guard in the league. People don't know that. Cordell Volson is 6'7", 340 pounds. That is a massive man that should be at tackle, but lengthwise, athleticism, he's not. Orlando is arguably the biggest left tackle in football. 6'8", 365, monster. Ted Karras, not so much. He's like (laughs) 6'1". But, you know, a big guy still like 310, 315. For centers, you can afford them to be smaller. Um, Right guard. Alex Kappa is fucking massive. He is 6'6", 335, 340 pounds. Jonah, 3'10", little duck. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, dude, we're in a run-gap scheme now. We got to work to get to the second level and bury dudes. Are you sure you can do that when you're 310 pounds and not that athletic? My point is, I just... I don't think he's going to really fit the scheme on what they want. I just don't think so. Yeah, I, I agree with you, bro. Like, I, I 100% agree with you. I think it's 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 I don't know. I, I think that it's not going to happen overall, but I think there's a chance there if he does play at a really high level. But it, it also depends on a guy like Jonah. Does, you know, is he willing to stay? At right tackle, like, oh, well, I just had a good year. I feel more comfortable here. Fuck it. Or is it I, I want to stick to the green. I want to I want to be a left tackle. And a team a team will be willing to do that. There's there's 32 teams out here. And I think yeah. one of them would be willing to, to put Jonah over there, you know, no matter what. But to get off of offensive line talk, I do want to get into our boy, man guy we had on the podcast here if you guys haven't checked it out go check it out Andre Yosivash targeted 10 times yet again for two oh minutes. man that's the fir- I, I gotta I gotta pull up the stat real quick um Joe Goodberry posted it yeah I think I saw that yeah I want you to give the numbers from that though it was pretty impressive yeah man that was uh Andre Yosivash has 20 preseason targets and two games so far. Bengals haven't had a wide receiver seen this much action since Kobe Hamilton matched 20 targets over four games. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> 14. Others with 19, Kendrick Pryor, Cody Core, um, 18 targets, Vintel Bryant, Trent Irwin. But, you know, I, I get it being on a list with those guys. But when you look at Andre, right? He he's a rookie, man. Andre is a rookie, and I think the production that he's been able to put up in the the targets in general, right, with this backup quarterback play, he's bought out. I mean, he has one hundred percent bought out. I mean, we expected, uh, you know, with all his physical traits, right? We talked about it. We just wanted to see it on the field, you know, we wanted to see him be able to just show us, right, against NFL competition. And, I mean, this guy, he, he's from an Ivy League school. He's got the brains, right? And we just talked about the mental side of the game. This guy's coming into practice telling Cam Taylor Britt, I'm, I'm going to cook your ass today. Like, he, he's got the mental edge to him. 
So, and, and you look at it, he's just got to put it together on the field. He, you know, he said that himself. He's like, you know, I just got to, got to learn the, learn the offense more and, and really just master it. And he, he's looked really good, bro. He's, he's been able to get separation. He's finally getting up there, you know, when he's going, you're going up for jump balls, you know, he's, he's getting up there. So he, mm. he, he reminds me of a baby T Higgins. Like he really does. It, it's kind of crazy. When I watched those highlights again yesterday, I was like this dude, man. I mean, and, and not to act like, Oh, he's the next T Higgins. Cause T Higgins is a great receiver. And mm. obviously want T Higgins to stick around, but I've seen people talking about it on Twitter too, man. If you can get 60, 70% of T Higgins, Andre Yosevash, like, and, and we're not going to talk about that right now, but yeah. at it, bro, looking at from PFF standpoint, looking at it from just the the game and the film, Andre Yosivash has. I mean, if I'm being honest, I expected him to perform well, but if I'm being honest, I I wouldn't say I expected him to to draw 20 targets in two games. And we we talk we talked to this guy, man. We literally we talked to him. I told him, "You have a chance in the preseason to show everyone who you are." He's like, "I appreciate, it, man." Like, and he's all business. Like he he went out there. He's been going out there and he's been doing his thing, bro. And over the course of two games, um, you know, he's got let's see here. He's got nine catches for 90 sorry pulling up 94 yards so you know I, I feel like there's a lot of yards and he's been targeted actually P- according to pff 21 times he was targeted oh wow times. so I, I think i think when you when you look at the film man it's like the backup quarterback play bro has played into why he hasn't been able to put up even better stats than what he has. He's really shown it out there on the field. And I, I'm super excited to, to see the guy in the preseason finale because he's undoubtedly, right? I, I know some people were were wondering if maybe he'd make the roster. And I, I don't understand why that was ever kind of brought up. But Andre undoubtedly makes the yeah. roster. I mean, he's on there. He, he clears it. So, yeah. Bro, he was a lock no matter what. There was no shot. There, there's just far too much interest in a guy with the with the fucking profile that he has. We said this all along that there's no way you can afford to put a dude like that on the waiver. He's gone. Oh yeah, he's, he's gone. not be on the team anymore, and that'd be devastating. Faster. That'd be a devastating loss for a late pick. So faster, yeah, faster. Uh, Sorry to cut you off, but faster than Kendrick Pryor. Like he would have been claimed faster than him. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, that would have been like immediately, you know, teams would have been clamoring. Probably a fucking top three. To- the Texans probably would have fucking taken them. Oh, or yeah. The- like the first two teams on the waiver wire would have picked them up. But nonetheless, bro, like it, it's it been really impressive. Um, And, and it's awesome that he's had all these chances. Uh, and every point you made there is valid. Like, I think um, – the quarterback play with the with so much to be desired from the quarterback play in these first two games, it has left a lot of what ifs, you know, for Andre. Um, really wish he could have brought down that tutty in the Packers game. Um, and there were definitely a couple plays in this Falcons game 
where you were like, man, if that ball was just placed by a competent quarterback, like, I mean, I, it, dude, Joe Burrow throwing Andre, getting him up, truly getting him, having these 50-50 chances, not where Andre has to fucking track in a really awkward angle to where you do see some of the rawness. I've talked about it. I really don't want to indulge on it because it's, you know, I kind of got to refrain from it a bit as I just want to get so deep with X's nose, water super, as it was my position, blah, blah. But he still got room to work on that. But I mean, dude, these quarterbacks, they they make it hard. All right. I won't indulge on it. They just, they've been making it hard on them, but bro, he has made, some fantastic fucking catches. You make the third and ten catch with a minute and uh, a minute and a half left. I mean, third down after third down, it was get the ball to Andre. The NFL page posted that the official NFL page was like Andre Yoshivash coming in the clutch. I was like, damn, look at look at Yoshi getting some some praise, and I was. I agree. Um, you can keep going, but when I when I see this this backup quarterback play man it's like you know with some with with joe burrow right and it, it's with some receivers it's like maybe a trent Irwin, right they have to get their timing down they got to be able to establish that connection right but andre is just like getting separation he's getting open so mm-hmm. that makes the quarterback's job a guy like joe burrow his job even easier to get the ball where he wants to get it. So these, yeah, like I said, these these backup quarterbacks. And I was on the, <laughs> I was on the Trevor Simeon train, man. And I, I'm sorry, man. I I got off last night. Actually, all aboard. Uh, they, they they let me off the train when he he you know 22 of 42. Did you see me compare the Muhammad Sanu and uh, Trevor Simeon stats? No. Okay, so you ready for this? Trevor yeah. Simeon in the preseason this year. 22 of 42, 183 passing yards, zero touchdowns, one interception. Muhammad Sanu in the regular season with the Bengals over, you know, his his career, five of five, 177 passing yards and two touchdowns, no interceptions. <laughs> I mean, bona fide superstar and Walmart employee. That is <laughs> – that's a huge – that's crazy, bro. I never knew he sent, He didn't even throw an incompletion. Man, yeah. those plays with Mo were so fun back in the day. But, yeah, bro, I mean, look. it. He, if we're being honest, he kind of – they the Bengals – I mean, and obviously I feel like there's probably other guys too. Like the Bengals were one of the, one of the first teams, right, that like – kind of started the trend because you see it now with like the Odell Beckhams, right? And, you know, certain guys, they'll, they'll do it here and there. But it was like with Muhammad Sanu, you could just do that, bro. And I was surprised when he responded to someone on Twitter and was like, I could probably be the backup quarterback for real. <laughs> yeah, it, it was silly for sure. I, I hate to even do this, but there is a team there was a guy on a team that i never hated the guy but i really hated the fact that he played for this team um that it was prevalent to where they used some wide receiver um you know quarterbacking combos that was the Steelers. antoine randall he was a quarterback in college he were notorious for having him throw some deep shots like that um so yeah i mean but nonetheless bro like 
you capitalize on that rare opportunity, you know? Um, so yeah, it was super cool back in the day, bro. I mean, the sparks, the success, obviously hearing those fucking stats, the most legendary one being at the beginning of the Redskins game was so fucking fun. AJ unstoppable Muhammad with that ball, bro. Like people need to watch that fucking replay. Beautiful, beautiful, insanely perfect ball, bro. Like, wow. But he was the quarterback, right? In college. Yeah. Yes, exactly, bro. Yeah, so Muhammad had – I don't know if he was the whole time, but he was a lot. I mean, obviously. Bro, 33? Say fuck it, bro. Become a backup quarterback, Muhammad. We'll have no shit. <laughs> That'd be crazy, dude. I mean, come <laughs> on. But that can open up a whole can of worms. I feel like a lot of people are going to want to hear about. Um, what does the backup options look like? Like, look, and, and, and I should add this as well this is there have been a lot of signs all along throughout the entire camp obviously the first two days before joe went down it was really hard to get a gist everything's so fresh blah 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 it's new trevor's new here let's have fun every every practice almost the gist has been mm, wish we saw more uh this often it's just it's tough right now but it was so, you know, um, Locke said with just wait till Joe comes back. What's the status on Joe? Blah, blah, blah. And it kind of took away from um, what actually has been going on with these backup quarterbacks. My point is, is that um, this is not just a two preseason games thing to where, oh, no. Oh, my gosh. They've only had two bad games. Let's fire them. It. It's been kind of ongoing, but now it's like we can't really turn away from it. You know, it's like, I, I look, man, these quarterbacks, it, it's tough with the offensive line. Um, you, you, I, I'm just thinking in the macro, bro. This is a hard pod because I really don't like – I don't like indulging on the negatives like this, and I know you don't either, bro. And you guys get that on the pod. We mess around a lot, but we don't like to indulge on the negatives. Um. It's just these topics are tough. <laughs> like, yeah. they're just tough, hard-hitting, must-hit topics. So I just had to add that because it's kind of like me navigating through my mind on this because I'm about to well, do more couple of negative things. Like, it, it's just, I don't know, man. Like, do they get a quarterback? What does that look like? I, I, I really don't know. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you, man. It may – Maybe may come along on the waivers, you know, who knows? Um, mm-hmm. It's just, it's one of those things that, I don't know, man, it's just like. You know what sounds crazy, bro? Like, think about it. You think about a quarterback that would fit the system. People like the idea of Cam Newton. That would never fucking happen in a million years. Dude, Cam <laughs> Newton is a running quarterback, and he doesn't have a good arm anymore. Why the fuck would you, like, it makes zero sense. Carson Wentz. You can't trust his IQ. So, I mean, like in a backup situation, if he wants to take a really low, you know, payment or a fucking contract payment, <laughs> uh, sure. But a guy low key, even though he's a fucking dinosaur, Matt Ryan's slaying that fucking rock, bro. Like he said, he's looking for a job if you want that ring. Really? I mean, yes, bro. Oh, he said, dude, he's on the Fox. Uh, I think he's on NFL Fox. 
but he's made it crystal clear. He's still training and waiting for a backup role. But he he would he would he would accept a backup role? Oh yeah. Yeah. Matt Ryan, yeah, he made that known a couple months ago. Yeah, he said, you know, um, yeah, he said I, you know, I will be waiting for my opportunity and whatever that looks like, bro. You think in a Matt Ryan like situation, of course, money is everything because a team may legitimately look for him as a starting option. Like you want to get don't even excited, man. <laughs> don't I, even get me excited. money, money's gotta be right though. Like I'm dead ass though. Like I mean three million. Are you willing to take three? Like, are you maybe three point five? But I just feel like that'd be a, a good add to the room. You know, and also, like, I feel like what they could do is you can uh, – I'm, I'm not averse to keeping Jake around, but what you've seen from him is really – it's just not good. But because of how stressful it's been with just how bad this offensive line is to add really quick, the offensive line has been averaging two yards per carry with their running backs. That's fucking horrible. Yeah. Two yards a carry, bro. So yeah. to bring that back with quarterbacks, they have no fucking time to think. So say it could look like this. You put Jake on the practice squad. You have Jake learn with Joe Burrow and Matt Ryan. Then maybe when Matt retires, you trust a Jake Browning as a two. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I 100% agree with you, bro. That would be that would be insane, bro. For the news that uh, I, that would be the ha- happiest I've ever been over again, the backup quarterback. No shit, bro. Me too. Like, you know me. You guys, you know, I tweeted it again today. I just can't get excited for a backup spot. But in a really unique scenario like that, like a dude that would almost, almost be a Kevin Huber guy that just has to be on the 53. I love that idea. Like, where you know, like, I don't even, I don't care to see you on the field. But especially with the money, and, well, because the fucking problems we have presented now, like, I mean, the questions that brought brought him up, you know, have came up so many times. Say if, God forbid, Joe does have a, a little injury, whatever. You know, but say it's legitimate. Like, I don't know. I don't want to prophesy anything, knock on wood, but say like Joe sprains his thumb or index finger. And it's a grade three sprain. It's something that just would not work. He can't throw this week, blah, blah, blah. He's going to have to miss a game. How the fuck do they feel rolling out Trevor Simeon or Jake Browning right now? Like, in your biggest in your biggest championship window. Exactly, dude. Like I, I feel like a guy like Matt Ryan, who what he's 38. Is he 38? He throws that rock. Yes, bro. Matty Ice. And he would look yeah. cold. He would look cold in a Bengals uniform. And I'm pretty sure number two's available. It, yeah, no shit, bro. Oh wait. No, Evan McPherson <laughs> <laughs> again. <laughs> it's hey late. fucker. Hey, I'm old. You're gonna have to you have to give me number two, man. <laughs> That's so funny. What a dynamic duo. I mean, no, three, three would be cold. He could do three. Uh, do we have a three taken? I don't think so. No. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Let's go, bro. Number one. Because wasn't people, nope. people thought Nick Scott originally was going to be three. Yeah. That's an interesting thing. Like, we could 
put a little bit of focus to it, but I kind of want to keep talking about this for a second. I <laughs> thought Jesse was wearing 30. I didn't realize he was actually wearing three with the Falcons. Me too. Me too. Other, I... other quick little tid, tidbit. Listen to this uh, mini full circle moment. First drive of the game yesterday, third and six. I knew the ball was going to AO. Beats Trey Flowers on the slant just to get tackled short by a veteran savvy great play of Jesse Bates. What a full circle Bengals moment there. Like, it's like, damn, bro. Jesse made a great play, dude. He he got AO on a fucking slant, which is like a slant is almost always five, six yards. And he held him at like four and a half and he uh stalled our drive. <laughs> That's that's crazy, man. It really is a full circle moment. But hey, I hope I hope that's a sign that we signed Matt Ryan. We just played the Falcons, so uh, yeah, no shit, bro. I mean, it and like I explained at the beginning, like we need to start that. We need to start the Matt Ryan. Like, let's tra- go. I'm, I'm all for Ryan. it. Yeah, I'm I'm all for it, bro. Like you know exactly what your role would be. I mean, not that anybody would fucking think they got a chance to Joe Burrow, of course. That's not the point. But a guy that has been there, done that, not a journeyman, uh, or, or, you know, maybe I shouldn't use that word because I don't even know exactly what the fuck it means. I, I hear it thrown around a lot, and I hear it for, like, some really old guys. I'm like, dude, I feel like these dudes are like dinosaurs. They're not a journeyman. I feel like a journeyman's like a guy a few years in the league trying to find their path. This dude knows his fucking path, okay? What the fuck? He had the most infamous Super Bowl run in the history of the sport, okay? He just wants to win a goddamn ring. I just, tweeted, out. I just tweeted it. Hashtag sign, sign Matt Ryan. Let's go. I mean, Cam Newton, ant eh, wouldn't work. Carson Wentz, don't want that stigma here in baggage. Eh, don't trust him anyways. And other dudes, Chase Daniel, he's butt cheeks, bro. I don't give a fuck. Like, I don't know you. Like, you've been a career backup. Like, you're, like, 35, 38 years old. Like, oh, Ryan M, bro, he, former MVP. Like, oh, Jesus. I, I want Gardner Minshew, really. I wish – I really wish that was a possibility. But What, did he get, like, $8 million, though, with Indy? Yeah, he probably – yeah, he probably he probably makes a good amount. He's probably the highest backup quarterback paid to back up. But yeah. Anthony Richardson, I, I'm interested to see that, man. I'm interested to see that. Me too, man. It's going to be cool. But you know what else is cool? To see Teddy Bridgewater wearing number 50. You know what? Matt Ryan, come here. Can you, like, wear number, like, 44? No, bro. No. Come on. Come on. That'd be sick. Well, 44, he can't. That's Clay Johnson. Legend. Uh, he play he, he can Drew Chrisman's number and wear number four. He Not 44. Uh, are you prophesying a Drew Christman cut? Bro, how somebody just comment Brett now? That's crazy. Man, I bet they want Cam Newton. Be like, shut up, bro. You want fucking Jimmy Neutron, Cam and Neutron looking ass, boy. His shoulder's cooked, bro. Like Matt Ryan fucking threw for like five 300-yard games last year, bro. With the fucking Colts with Paris Campbell and Michael Pittman. Like, that dude, dude, if you needed, dude, yeah, we, we don't even need Matt Ryan with Jamar. Fuck, they cook, dude. Like, I mean, that's kind of crazy, but 
whatever. That's enough Matt Ryan talk. I'm sure it's probably a first for you since guys. We've had, since we've had such a bipolar type of an episode. We have, bro. <laughs> we, gotta, we gotta talk about Mr. Joseph Osai. Whoo! No defense talk yet, bro. Yeah, I mean, look, Joseph Osai was uh, the biggest standout uh, overall from the starting defensive unit, considering he's like a fringe, you know, key rotational guy. Had the uh, long first drive of like 50,000 fucking plays. Bro, they had 15 plays on the first drive for this defense. Think about how fucking annoyed they were. They're probably so mad. Like, they let up yards after yards just for the drive to end with a great, I mean, just completely exemplified of everything, every bit of praise we've given Mike Hilton. In great position on the slant to get the PBU, swat the ball up in the air. Joseph Oshai, the, 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 uh, guys, it's late. I've, I've been up for like 24 hours, so it's just bear with me here. Um, Osai gets the diving pick, got a sack in the game, got multiple pressures. Definitely the biggest standout on defense. Yeah. I mean, he didn't he have a run, run for or tackle for loss? Didn't he? Uh, he was everywhere, bro. Like, I wouldn't say he was like a demon all 60 minutes because he didn't play all 60 minutes, but yeah, bro. I mean, that stat sheet is full. I mean, yep. him, same sample, dude. Yeah, I mean, that's that's just awesome to see. That's everything you want to see out of that defensive line, uh, the depth especially. Um, I have no concern for Miles Murphy. I know some people are just like, you know, not seeing him out there. I get it, but he didn't actually. He had an illness, by the way. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. He was probably uh, drinking a Grimace shake and, you know, got, got <laughs> taken up and couldn't come on the trip. But, yeah, man, it'll be straight. I think uh, – the cornerbacks, um, Ivy, you know, looked pretty good. Uh, I mean, you saw I, play of the game, right? Yeah, yeah. What was it? Explain it. Cause I, Dude, and the Falcons, it was a fourth and six. Yeah. On the 30-yard line, Logan Woodside, the former Bengals legend. I'm kidding. Um, he got a DUI with the Bengals. Definitely a legend. <laughs> Bengals bro, 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 listen. I was trying so hard. You hear me? I was trying so hard to tell myself at the time, bro. Who okay, we we had to have had a receiver or something that played with Logan Wilson in college. Or maybe it was Tyson Anderson at the time. I do not know because I think he went to Toledo. Pretty sure he went to Toledo. Not for sure on the career. They have Logan yeah, Wilson. but but I bro, when I saw the DUI thing, I was like, damn, because it was that time where you're <laughs> trying to convince yourself that like Logan Woodside's gonna be like he was know, a seventh round pick, dude. The, the next but guy, it, <laughs> exactly, bro. Yeah, that was funny for sure. I remember when we picked him, dude. Time has definitely flown by. Um, but uh, he may have been Western Michigan, by the way. I'm not too sure. Toledo, it was Toledo. Yep, he was oh. Toledo. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, so it was Toledo. Nonetheless, Logan Woodside, um, he goes for a deep ball on a dude, and DJ Ivy, bro, makes an inc- – I mean, fucking perfect PBU, bro, to end the game. Uh, or sorry, sorry. To, uh, wait a second. It was third and six. I'm sorry, not fourth and six, because they ended up going to kick it to tie the game to end the game. 
uh, because they don't have overtime in preseason, which is a great fucking decision. Because especially for that game, I could not. I would not be able to watch. I just couldn't do it. So, I mean, that that exemplifies fucking DJ Ivy's up, you know, up and coming preseason, right? Like a dude that, as you even tweeted with, and uh, I've, you know, definitely uh, giving you praise all along, bro, because of how much info and insight you've been given on DJ Ivy's up, up and coming, um, you know, production all, you know, during the podcast and during the off season, dude, he's a good man. I mean, he had definitely had a better game last night. Um, not that he had a horrible game in game one, but you like what you see, dude. And it's going to make a lot of tough to decisions for the back end of that cornerback room yeah and I I think him being a big corner too you know has an advantage for him because you lose a guy like Trey Flowers right you lose your big bodied corner so the DJ Ivy has that as that opportunity to kind of blossom into that role um and you know you never know man you see guys like uh Legereus Sneed Mike Hilton you know, it's not impossible for a seventh round guy to ever become a starter. So, you know, hopefully, hopefully DJ Ivy just keeps doing this thing, man. I think, I think you see everything that you want to see. Um, I, I think Jordan Battle, I think Jordan Battle don't, he don't look too bad. Um, from what I've seen at least. Yeah. Yeah. He had a solid game yesterday. Uh, he just made a really boneheaded decision. On a uh, third and not a third and goal, a uh, third and long. Actually, it was a third and twelve. Um, I think it was a deep ball attempt into the end zone with to Kyle Pitts, and uh, it was a not a pass breakup. Uh, Jalen Davis got cooked on the play, and the ball was just overthrown. And Jordan Battle has the slightest fucking celebration. He does a finger wagging in the direction of the player. It was called for taunting. Really? So, yes, bro. No way. Yes, the drive that would have been right there. It was brought back on, so that was a big boneheaded move by. Wow. Yeah, that's- and and that's kind of look. It's a he gave up one fucking catch rule, yesterday. Right? He gave up like one catch yesterday, according to PFF. Oh, Kyle did. Or um, no, uh, Jordan. Jordan gave up one. Oh, sorry, sorry. Might be okay. Damn. I mean, that's pretty good. I didn't yeah. know. That. I thought you said Kyle Pitts had one catch. Yeah. Um. I, I did not notice that. Uh. With how many he gave up, but yeah, he had a solid game. Obviously, boneheaded decision. Um. Uh, but look, dude. I mean, he's a fucking rookie in preseason. Like, who gives a shit? You know, you're gonna oh, learn things. But you just said something about Jalen Davis. You know, and you 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 wonder about that that back end of that cornerback room and really looking at the roster and who you put on the roster, look at the slot corner, right? I feel like that's what, that's what Jalen Davis offers you. So it's like, mm-hmm. what, what's, what's your thoughts on that? Like, do you think that the Bengals could be like, all right, well, you know, if, if it comes to that, we trust a guy like DJ Turner, just throwing the slot. Or is it like, you know, Jalen Davis, he's got the experience. Cause you know, a guy like DJ Ivy, I feel like, at this point, at least right now, it looks like he's 100% making the team, right? DJ Ivy. Like, would you, would you say that or would you uh, say I'm right on that? I, I feel compelled to say, yes, he's a lot. Um, I mean, shit, bro. That play, 
I because think about Gilmore, right? Is how did did Gilmore play yesterday? Gilmore. Who <laughs> 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 no DJ way. Turner? There's no way I just said that. Oh, my God. For a second, bro, I thought you were talking about, like, Stephon Gilmore as a rookie or something. I'm like, I'm trying to catch up with you. You know who I'm talking about, though, right? No, I'm literally confused right now. 24. 24. I always always joke. I always joke and say Stephon Gilmore. That's why I was thinking of yourself now. Yeah, they do look alike, but, you know. Unfortunately, Cindy <laughs> Jones is absolute dog shit, and Stefan Gilmore is definitely that dude. <laughs> That's funny. I mean, shit, dude. What Stefan Gilmore would be for this team would just be fucking awesome. But I did not even see him yesterday. So it, if the decision was made today, that veteran presence means something. So I... I don't but you know. got Cheeto, right? Yeah. And you got Mike, which is great. Uh, and you got CTB, so even better. I'll give that to him. But with the backups, I feel like it does matter. Of I don't know. I mean, you want to get the best guys, right? And uh, Sydney. What the Chiefs did. Yeah, true, bro. But like with the Chiefs, we knew what the implications were. The variance could have been very big, very large. And it happened yeah. to him good side for them i think i think in my opinion and i'm not we're not talking about the chiefs but i think in my opinion i think it's gonna be a wake up in year two for chiefs fans i just don't think you can get away with that for two years consecutively i i just i don't and the ravens we didn't even talk about that but the marlon humphrey a guy that i've Mm -hmm. always liked actually a guy that i've always liked yeah uh, he's awesome uh no not not him but yes, I do. I do like Marlon. He's a super nice guy. The thing that Zim posted about how I guess Zim saw him out and said something about him getting cooked or something. But he was a super nice guy, so I thought that was cool. But uh, the guy that the guy that they signed who who did they just freaking sign? The corner, uh, Ronald Darby. Yes, yes. I've always I've always liked Ronald Darby. Actually, a few years ago, I was I was pushing. I think it was after William Jackson. I was pushing for us to sign Ronald Darby because he's always been consistent. But I think, man, that's going to be a tough matchup for them in week two. And after all this shit Odell was talking, the Bengals are going to be on demon mode in week two. So Caillou Blue, what what the fuck's his name? I I don't even know these guys. Yeah, I Blue Kelly, something like that. And and that's what I saw. I saw a Ravens guy on Twitter – and I was like, that's respect. But he was like, you think I'm fucking paying $200 a ticket for two tickets to go watch you guys put Caillou Blue Kelly out there and fucking, uh, what, what's his name, Daryl Worley? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. Cause I- Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd. Wait, what if they go five wide with Andre and Charlie? <laughs> yeah, bro. I mean, and of course, Irvin there would be crazy, bro. Even the the linebackers, I think, would be able to do okay. But nonetheless, yeah, bro. I mean, it, it's a big problem for the Ravens. Um, but you know, um, to to kind of steer it back and you know wrap up some macro points, some quick hitters before we head out of here with defense. Um, I mean, lots of good things from the defense yesterday. Um, linebackers roaming all over the field. Marcus Bailey, and I mean. He is a um, 
he is a perfect fucking backup. A young guy with a lot of juice, and he just knows exactly where to be in this limited room scheme. He was put in great positions yesterday. Um, and he's always been talked about good. I feel like Marcus has always oh, been one of those guys where it's like you knew this it too. Yeah, you knew it. You knew the ceiling was there. There was a lot of talk saying that he could have went, you know, a lot earlier than the seventh round. You know, so I think, I think Marcus, man, he he's the perfect role for that, right? We always had who was we always had Vinny Ray, right? Who was kind of that that guy back there that you know came in and would make some plays, but really wasn't the the main guy out there, if you know what I mean. So yeah. I don't know, man. I think he's he's in a great position, man, especially with this linebacker room. And you never know with an ADG or something, he he might even get a bigger role in the future. But yeah, bro, he's he's been doing his thing. Marcus Bailey, shout out to you, bro. Nah, for sure, man. He has. Uh, did I ever tell you uh, the little story about Marcus Bailey and a weird I, correlation I have? I don't think so. So uh, I feel like I mentioned this multiple times, but maybe or uh, other places. I guess I've never mentioned it on the pod. So my former quarterback in high school, Alex Maxwell, he walked on at Purdue uh, in 2018 yeah. and uh, 2019. Sorry. As a true freshman, practice dummy, you know, didn't get obviously no offers from Purdue football, so he had to walk on. Um, and he transferred f- from quarterback to wide receiver because he was a phenomenal athlete. He tore Marcus's ACL in practice again. <sighs> yeah, uh, which was crazy. He was running the end route, and it was at the end of practice, and. He said that he just remembers hearing the scream from Marcus as soon as he dropped the ball and he rolled on his he rolled on his knee. And um, so you think about the implications that it caused for Marcus. Because like you said, bro, everybody knew of man, this is a guy with the second round, you know, profile, athletically uh experience, but the two torn ACLs coming off the second one. It was a massive, massive deterrent. Huge drop in his value in the draft. And so, long story short, my former quarterback is the reason that Marcus Bailey kind of is where he's at right now. You know, and don't mean that in all negative way because, you know, he's in, he's in a really good situation being in the solid system. He's a quality uh, rotational guy. But – from second round pick value to seventh round, yeah, man. Practice dummy at the time, ran right into his leg. Man, he was a practice dummy. Yeah. Oh, what? Which is kind of another cool moment. He ended up getting back on the team after he was cut. He was literally booted from practice. They didn't see him for like a year or two. Like, right, get the fuck out of here. After that, after that. Oh, fuck yeah, bro. Like, what the fuck, dude? You just, you just think about it. I mean. They didn't barely knew this kid. You got a hundred fucking fifty kids on a team, you know. Like a lot of these dudes don't, you know. They never dress up. You never see them. You tear your star players ACL. Oh, bro, nah, you get in the boot. But he ended up um, walking on a couple years later. Um, I mean, shit, Alex, if you're listening to this dude, shout out to you. Uh, anybody that's affiliated with him closely, because I know a lot of you know people uh, that probably know me listen to this pod. Shout out to him. He ended up getting a little bit of production. Uh, as a wide receiver this season alongside Charlie Jones. 
Very little, not much, but little. Oh, that's pretty. Yeah, that's pretty freaking cool. Yeah, it was. Uh, wow. Huh. Hell yeah. Damn. Uh, talking about Charlie Jones, I I saw this stat sheet. I actually, for some reason, they did not show any Charlie Jones in the NFL highlights. So it's kind of disappointing. Ooh, I can tell you a couple <laughs> quick hitters, bro. Listen, you're gonna love to hear this, bro. So Tyler Boyd esque. I mean, yeah. not completely. Not completely. He looked a little stiff, but you could probably attribute some of that to, of course, adapting to the NFL, the speed, um, the moment. But that labrum's real, man. He's trying to avoid. I mean, that the contact is going. I don't know how much this is going to linger and truly deter his game, but it's real. Um, that's my opinion. But, man, bro, two third down conversions, Drake. Good shit, dude. Third and seven, third and 11. Ty- so Tyler Boyd. Wow. Like, created the space on the end routes, the breaking routes. Yes, bro. It was great. So, he, was he, I mean, he had four catches for, I believe, 36 yards. Was he, was he just catching everything that came his way? Uh, yeah. From what I saw, he looked pretty, he looked great. They, they, they didn't play him the whole game, did they? Or did they? Uh, I think they played him a while. Okay. Uh, sure exactly how long but yeah i mean i i it, it's a critical time for him right now i'd say you know because um you're obviously navigating through the uphill battle of you know you're trying to find your worth in the league with all of your ability but now with a limited ability of the shoulder you know i feel like trying to find that you know is equal parts effective to quote unquote sitting this one out you know what I, I mean? I think I think that's interesting. I just thought about this randomly, looking at a guy like uh, Stanley Morgan. I mean, he's had one catch for seven yards this preseason. Mm. Yeah, I mean, prime Stan. You know, Stan the man that's not used as a wide receiver at all. Like it is, it just sucks thinking of how bad his his touches have been in regular season. Like, they have not gone well. <laughs> I mean... He had a it, good block. <laughs> oh, oh, he was a phenomenal blocker. But that's why I said touches, though. Yeah. So he touched the football. You know, uh, it's just, it's not his game. You know, so I, I wouldn't knock. I wouldn't say that's the inevitability. And I know you're not referring to that. But it doesn't mean the inevitability of Stan Morgan. But it's just kind of what he's been. Um, but, yeah, bro, I mean, we'll go ahead and wrap up here. Andre looked good. Charlie looked good. You love to see it. The two exciting young receivers. In fact, all of the exciting offensive players, you got the first touchdown on the offensive side of the ball in the preseason from your fifth-round pick, Chase Brown. Looked great barreling into the end zone to uh, lead the game. And on that drive was on the back of 80 and 15. So you'd like to see it. Quarterback play, big concerns. O-line play, big concerns. Defense, sturdy as ever. So, I mean, 13-13, no one gives a shit. Um, Play on the fucking shitty-ass commander's field next week. Oh, my gosh, dude. So, uh, Joe is absolutely should not (laughs) There. He's not. Yeah, he's he's not. He's he probably he probably should stay home. He's just tight. Joe, 
why don't you just listen? Uh, while we're playing the game, you can. How about you just watch film? We can, you know what I mean? Like you can just hang out. Or you can watch film. We'll, we'll go, anyway, bro. Yeah, like you don't even have to look at the field. Okay, this game just doesn't exist. Just completely <laughs> eradicate any. You know what? Any time you've ever played there, just eliminate it. You know, if you can, that'd be great. So, no, yeah, man. I mean, but look, hey, and on a positive note, as there's been a lot of uh, question marks with the backup, there's two things. Guys, as we really honed in on some X's and O's, deep philosophical stuff, me and Drake was cooking, these are backups. Let's just pray on that for a second, bro. Like, how many years have we had to navigate through the dog shit of talent and say, how are we going to put this guy on the starting lineup? This is bad. This is concerning. This is exciting. Oh, no, this is not what he thought. Nobody. Every single player we are talking about is not going to be a pivotal role to this team. Why? Because we have fucking stars in front of them. 100%. My boy, hold up. My boy, Sheldrick Jackson. Had four catches, 42 yards. Was that speed showing last night from what you bro, saw? Bro, I, I can't believe I forgot to mention him. Drake, bro, you're going to want to see those highlights, dude. Dang. Listen. Listen. <clears throat> These – dude, that kid, he looked – you know what? I'm surprised we haven't even mentioned it yet. I know we got to get going, and I'm not going to go down the rabbit hole. Good. Thinking quickly of who was an MAB of this game, I think it may be him, low key. Really, the plays he made—he didn't get a ton. You look at the stat sheet: four, four targets, four receptions. What, just thirty-four yards, something like that? Forty-two. Yep. He MAB'd it up, bro. He got up on some fifty-fifty balls, like contested catches through traffic, speedy as fuck, like. It looked really good out there, dude. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, bro. I mean, you think, dude, the dude is four six two, four two eight speed. Bo Jackson's nephew. Like, that runs in the jeans. That's Bo, that's Bo Jackson's nephew? Yes. That is what Bo Jackson's nephew. Yep. Man, On, how do you – man, see, so you – I know, right? On the speed that in his career. Man. Yeah, yikes. I hate to say it, certainly hate to be on the bad side of that. But, yeah, bro, I mean, damn. So you think of this receiver room, dude. Of course, uh, Marvell Tell, Sayonara, you know, nice seeing you. Wait, uh, how did my guy, how did my guy Larry Brooks look? Oh, uh, well, I, cooking? Was he cooking? I, I really do not appreciate you bringing him up again because I did my very best to eradicate any bit of his production and name. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, I I didn't see him. Um, I don't I don't know if he played. Um, I actually paid attention to the defense very little yesterday. Um, it was just blah. Like we talked about this a lot. It was just a it was a cloud. But yes, Sheldrick Jackson, Sheldrick Jackson, Kawami Lassiter, keep them two on the practice squad. Oh man, like you think. That's- would go through though he kind of if he had a good game like that he kind of reminds me of Kendrick yeah but he did nothing the week before so I, I think he could what if he goes crazy next week if he goes crazy next week 
You think there's a shot? Yeah, I do. I do. Um, but I don't know, man. That profile, like, yeah, he's a little bit light, six two. I think he's one ninety. Uh, but four two eight. I mean, come we don't. On. We don't really have a smaller type of receiver. I wouldn't be opposed to. Yeah, bro. I mean, little little gadget weapon. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, but well, he would have to he would have to be an MAB next week and he would have to really but you know with that backup if he if he has any type of like real real production next week with the way the backup quarterbacks have been playing, I don't know, he might he might raise an eyebrow or two. It's mm-hmm. it's interesting though, bro, because like it's all about how they you know, how many receivers how many receivers did we keep last year on the roster? I think it was six. Okay, I didn't know if at one point we had seven. Like just crazy because i mean wouldn't surprise me but i mean that's yeah we got we got so we got jamar t tv charlie andre and then erwin so it's like they would they would either have to carry seven or they would yeah i just see i don't know i doubt it yeah yeah it's it's gonna be something for sure dude um yeah i mean it it was something to look at dude um Shout out Raymond, uh, Raymond Johnson, and uh, Dominique Davis, bro. I've been hearing Dominique Davis's name last two and juice, the best singular word I could use to describe those guys. Man, they got fucking juice. Like this, pa- we we can't keep going on. I know we got to wrap up the show. <laughs> Cam sample truly looks good like not just like quote-unquote good lowercase but like this dude looks like a dude seriously like he could start on one of 32 teams absolutely like a guy not saying he's a fucking star because he's not but guys i think the cam sample breakout season could be here what does that look like i don't know but let me tell you something who he reminds me of. He's kind of reminded me of like a Shaq Barrett, low key. Really? Yeah, we'll see what that looks like. But, bro, you get what you think this progression, this step forward that Cam Sample has shown you at every step this offseason. You get that in the regular season with the compliments of Joseph Osai and, oh, I don't know, fucking Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard. With DJ Reader, BJ Hill, positive progressions from Zach Carter, Cam also moving inside at three tech because he can penetrate from the inside. Pause. Fucking J2 Fele, Dominic Davis, and Raymond Johnson. Crazy. That won't even be able to make the roster because we got so many guys. Yeah, man. That, I mean, that, that's just crazy because it's like, the camp sample thing, it he he's come up clutch in games. It's not like he's just been a a no show guy. Like he's he's been one of these guys that they've they've been developing. And I think it's it's great to see and great to hear when you're hearing guys like Joseph Osai and, and Camp Sample who who aren't even gonna be guys starting, but will definitely get valuable playing time within this season to to make an impact on the team and 
that's gonna be fun to watch, bro. Definitely. And Tua Fele, bro, like Tupo, like all those back end guys, they are forgot about Tupo. They they're oh. they're man amongst boys. You know what I mean? When you look at the average backup, they're not the average backup. Exactly, bro. And and it could be the exact thing that can take this team over the top and hoist out Lombardi. Trenches. One, yeah, in the trenches. One last quick thing. It's fraudulent at this point with how much I've been enjoying this on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for our listeners. I'm sorry for you, bro. There's just another thing. If there is one person that I truly think has been that deserves the most credit this offseason, Marion Hobby. This defensive line. Yes. Yeah. Every fucking dude that's going to be on this 53 is on a positive trajectory right now. I don't know a single declining guy on this defensive line. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Every guy is showing more. I like it. Every guy. Yeah, exactly right, bro. It's like you love to see it because you look at the draft picks in the past 36 months and – Marion has, or I should say 24. He's been here since 21. But he's been putting these dudes in position to win, man. We had had a good D-line coach before. I'm trying to think of his name. Nick Eason. Yep. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, bro. I mean, shout out to Marion Hobby, dude. Yeah, he is. He seems like a really great coach. I've heard his name. I've seen, seen him, too. He just looks like... A great coach. Like, I mean, he just looks like a great coach. And I to, to be able to put together that group, guys, and really, when you think about it, right? DJ's coach at Clemson, by the way. That's crazy. That's a full circle moment. But it's like, oh. when you look at the draft picks too, right? Cam Sample being a later round guy. Um, that You know, they had Jeff Gunter. It was kind of just, or they, wait, hold up. I feel, I, I feel like I'm under a rock. We do not have Jeff Gunter, right? Yeah, we do. Yeah. He had a sack yesterday, bro. Big sack. Okay, okay, okay. So, yeah, it's it's like that. I, I was thinking for some reason he was just one of those guys that – but, yeah, bro, Jeff Gunter. Like, it, you look at that, like, all these, like, guys that got drafted later on, they're they're putting together production. And I, it, it's great to see. It really is. He, he is – been able to really put that D line together, and especially, I mean, DJ Reader too, right? He he's playing at the highest of his career, and and that's gonna be awesome to watch this year. I cannot wait to watch DJ Reader Hendrickson go for sixteen sacks. Hubbard says he wants double digit sacks. Osai says he wants double digit sacks. You got you got you the guy you just said, Cam Sample possibly on a Shaq Barrett might come out and give you 2019 sacks. Oh my lord, the Bengals just might have a hundred sacks. Might just have a hundred sacks this year. Look, First- you know what? Fuck it. We're going for a Hondo. We <laughs> had what 30 last year. We're gonna have to do that. <laughs> God, we're gonna yeah, we're gonna triple that man. Screw yep. it. No shit. All right guys. Well uh we, we definitely one on you know what I, I was gonna add this Guys, we we dragged on this episode tonight, but give us some fucking credit. We provided you more entertainment than you saw in that goddamn game last night, all right? Yeah. Like, look, it's preseason ball. We got one more preseason game left, dude. By this time, next week, we will be turning our eyes to Cleveland. It is Ooh. almost that time, 
guys. We're getting there. Sec, wait a sec. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty. My lucky number twenty-two. Two, 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 two. Oh my lord, we're twenty-two days from Hey. Yup. I mean, time's flying by, man. Like before we know it. Wait, so we're six minutes away from Mike Hilton days till Cleveland. Hey, let's go. Yep, that's time to make a fucking post. And the day before, it's going to be uh, fucking Drago, the 19. Do we have a number 19? Uh, uh, oh, my gosh. God <laughs> damn it. Trevor Seaman day is still fucking. No. Oh, no. Hey, legendary Auden Tate, respectfully. Hey, how about Brandon Tate? Let's go. Brandon uh, Tate days. Yeah, Brandon Tate, Auden Tate, and then it's Kwame Lasseter, AJ Green Day. Yeah. Uh, oh, and- how nasty is that, bro? <laughs> Kwame Lasseter days. People are like, what about AJ? It's like, no, nah, Kwame. Bro, crazy. there was somebody that wore 17, bro, and he was nasty. I'm trying to think, bro, what his name Jane was. Jane Graham? No, bro. No, bro. He was a wide receiver. Kermit Whitfield. What <laughs> Kermit? Oh my gosh, bro! Kermit Whitfield days, bro. God, hey, you know what? That's a fun little thing. You guys are hearing this live on the spot. We could, we this could do how that. You know bro. you're a real fan. Exactly, bro. Find the most obscure fuckers to fucking post. Uh, who's sixteen? Cody Core. Cody Core days. Let's go. Um, fifteen. Charlie Ross rookie season. No. Charlie. Uh, Charlie. Charlie, yeah, you could do Charlie. Yeah. I mean, but if we're keeping it obscure, though. Oh, obscure, obscure. I mean, bro. Damian Willis, Damian Willis. Hey, let's go. Good one. I mean, I was gonna say, bro, if you're trying to keep it obscure, you had a fucking Kermit Whitfield. Like, how obscure do you want to go? <laughs> like, legend Kermit. Fourteen. Who? There's somebody obscure wearing fourteen right now. I think. Yeah. I don't know any guy that's ever worn 14 for the Bengals. Um, not nobody. Kendrick Pryor wasn't? Kendrick Pryor was 19. Really? Uh, yeah, he was 19. Yeah, because Auden left last season. Uh, 14. Uh, 14. 14. 14. I feel like uh, the were wearing 14. Oh, uh, uh, hip and hammer. Hip and hammer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, fucking receiver from this year. Um, sure, that's Washington, Scotty Washington days. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, Scotty uh, Washington. Dude, who wore who wore thirteen? Thirteen. Who the hell wore thirteen? That's interesting. No, thirteen's retired, right? Can really? Oh, good question. I don't know, bro. Maybe. I don't. They might not have had anybody. You know what? Hey, it's his, it's his Hall of Fame and you know what? You know what? Yes, I think Ken Riley and I think um, Munoz. Right? Uh, maybe. Interestingly, bro, I like never hear about it, so I don't really know. Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure, bro. I'm pretty sure that both those numbers are not worn. And then 12. Who you got at 12? Your boy, Alex Erickson? <sighs> I think it's got to be, but he's such a legend. Is is that obscure though? Like, That's obscure. that honestly is kind of obscure in my opinion because he's wearing thirty nine now. That's obscure. Oh my god, he's cooked. 
He's cooked. I mean, the fucking Panthers, right? Or the Jets? <laughs> Jets. Uh, Jets to the moon. And I, <laughs> most toxic way. I can't stand them. Um, they are you fucking kidding me? They are straight <laughs> abusing my man, my legend, Alex Harrison, like that. Fuck that. Still got to make the merch, bro. I'm telling you, still got to make the merch. I think I think people would buy it. That's just <laughs> absolutely, bro. Then uh, shirt to wear. He might yeah. wear. It. Yeah, no shit. Um, eleven would be a John Ross, but all right, man. We've been cooking this. We got to do. Yeah, we'll do eleven to one in next week's episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. 11 to, two, 11 to 2 because one, respectfully, is only Jamar Chase. Hey, facts. Or, I mean, if you – nah, nah, we'll, we'll stop with that, Jamar. <laughs> Evan's that guy, but I mean, come on. Yeah. All right, guys. Appreciate you for listening to another episode of the All Things Language Podcast. Drake, I'll talk to you later, man. Yes, sir. Peace. All right, peace.